Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee and Band Chats. This week we are chatting with Adam Sheps from Butcher Box Cycling. Adam got started pretty late into the cycling world, but has moved up through the ranks pretty quickly and is now riding the front of some of the biggest crits in America. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. First, let's hear something from our sponsors and then let's get going. Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee and Van Chats. I'm here with Adam Sheps from ButcherBox. Um, yeah, Adam's got a pretty cool story. He got started into cycling pretty late, and uh, yeah, we're gonna kind of dive into that. And now this guy's riding the front of USA Crit, uh, or now he's riding the front of USA Crit. So yeah, tell us a bit about how you got into that, man. Um, well, how I got involved with cycling, uh, I blame my sister for most of my pain and suffering started off doing, well, I started off boxing, um, through that. I kind of got involved really? in triathlon. Yeah. Um, triathlon was just kind of more cardio. My best friend was a pro at the time when I moved out to San Diego. Yeah. Um, and then but you were a boxer. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of training and sparring and stuff like that. So, oh, right on. Like, did you yeah. ever like have like a meet or anything or, uh, just like little like burners at the, you know, boxing gyms and stuff like that so oh. yeah all right yeah it's it's uh it's fun it ends up being a lot like um criterium racing just in, in terms of like the focus and the intensity and how hard it is um but anyway yeah so i started a triathlon triathlon was a slippery slope um and then my sister basically was like you hate running and swimming why don't you just do a bike race and i was like ah sketchy you guys are crashing all the time and then I did one. I actually did uh, my first Cat 5 crit. I did it on my cross bike with road wheels because I, like, broke my derailleur hanger the day before. Oh, and it was God. just, like, the funnest race I've ever done in my whole life. And I was, I was hooked after that. Yeah. So, like, I had a pretty big engine just from triathlon and, and kind of marched through the categories pretty quickly. Um, I met Steve Cullen um, at Intelligentsia Cup 2016. Um, where I unfortunately broke my collarbone, but he was kind of like my guardian angel there and, and kind of took care of me, uh, made sure I got home safely from the race and we stayed connected. And then, um, I guess a year later, I guess rode with butcher box. And then last year kind of was on the, the full squad. So doing it again, 2020, hopefully we'll get racing again. So, yeah, that's rad. I mean, like, cause you guys had like a breakthrough season. I mean, you were a part, were you a part of the Athens team? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like break us down with that. Cause like, I mean, that was pretty much when you guys hit like everybody's radar. I mean, for sure. At that point, I mean, you guys rode the front, the majority of that crit and put somebody on the podium. So kind of give us a breakdown of what that was like being a part of a team that, you know, threw somebody on the podium. And, and I mean, that was probably y'all's first real podium at a real big race. Like, after yeah, Spartan well we had historic. a, like last year we had a really good um, preseason race at Birmingham. I'm not just saying that cause I was in the break, but mm. um, you know, me, yeah, me and Spencer, yeah. um, you know, got into the, the break off of like the first race and, and Spencer ended up getting second out of that. So yeah. we thought like, okay, you know, we got a, we got a good squad and then we just, you know, pretty much got our teeth kicked in um, at El Paso and yeah. we kind of had to take a step back and it was like, okay, let's, let's kind of regroup, reorganize, um and then yeah a Athens I feel like was like a big turning point where we kind of all really rallied together 
and we're like, if we're going to do this, we got to do this as a team. And the team like really gelled really nicely kind of during speed week. Um, and you know, it really helped with that, that Athens was like a big, um, a big booster for us. And then from there we, we rolled pretty well throughout the rest of the season. Um, yeah. you know, we had really good results and we just really rode well as a team and as a squad kind of with the same goals and everyone working for everyone else. So it was, it was awesome last year. Last year was a blast. No, yeah, that's super cool. I mean, yeah, I forgot all about Birmingham, but like, I mean, I think with like Athens, just being how historic that race is and the level of fitness that everybody has coming into that race, like that podium is like something else. So yeah. for you guys to achieve that is super cool. So yeah, Johnny's ride of... was John, Johnny's ride. Athens was awesome. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that just like embodies everything. That's that is John Harris. And I think he gained a lot of fans from kind of his effort there. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so kind of give me a little bit of a background on on Butcher Box because it it's kind of like a tight knit group of misfits that have turned into these like <laughs> heavy hitters, in my opinion. I mean, I might be wrong and I might get some lashback on that, but yeah, I mean, really, like Steve Cullen has put together some guys that I mean, you can watch. I'll put a link down in the description below, but they've done a documentary on some of these guys that have pretty much debated quitting the sport and then they bounce back and all of a sudden they're riding the front of the USA crits all over again. So kind of give me a breakdown of like, what's the team vibe and like, how do you guys get there? Yeah. So I think Steve did an awesome job of assembling a squad of guys who, um, you know, I don't know necessarily kind of quit the sport, but maybe didn't have kind of like a solid trajectory through it or everything kind of didn't go as planned or they got onto some teams that kind of fell apart or kind of let them down along the way. And he just, like found all these personalities and really assembled the squad where everyone kind of has their own distinct role and kind of their own distinct personality. And we all get together and get along really well. Um, we have so much fun off the race course um, that that really carries over into the race course. Um, you know, just in, in terms of um, it kind of being some guys, I don't, I don't want to say like last chance, but it definitely was, was um, like a, like a, a lifeboat for some guys kind of in the sport and they've really taken it and, and uh, done something really good with it. And, and, you know, we're planning on continuing to do that this year. So we'll see if we can get back to racing, but. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I was teammates with Alex and I, I, I think he would attest to it being a bit of a lifeboat for him. I mean, yeah, he, he, he said it changed his perspective on cycling completely. So, um, I mean, Super impressed with what you guys are doing. So what are you guys kind of doing to kind of stay active and kind of keep that team cohesion during during COVID? Yeah, well, we had an awesome team camp. Um, some of the guys came out early. It was in San Diego, thankfully, so I didn't have to go anywhere. But a bunch of guys came out early. Like Connor came out, you know, a week or more ahead of camp, and then some guys came a couple of days ahead just so we could spend more time together. Team camp was a blast. Um, we stayed up in Carlsbad with the women's team. And then from there, we actually flew to Birmingham, wanted to find out that the race was canceled and we got on airplanes oh. and everyone kind of scattered. And it was, uh, it was kind of sad because we were like, well, when are we going to get to see everyone again? But we're all staying connected kind of through the, the group chat. Is uh, the WhatsApp group chat. The, the, yeah, we, we have an Instagram group chat that pretty much goes oh, all Instagram. day. Yeah, it, oh, goes, it goes all day. Um, 
what's the what's the craziest what's the who sends the craziest messages so you don't even have to tell me what the messages are because i I doubt i could put this on it and it would be okay for youtube but what's yeah who sends the craziest message i don't know if it's crazy like everyone's got such a good sense of humor that it'll be the end of the day and you know i might just be like kind of catching up on the 900 messages that I've missed, just laughing my <laughs> ass off at some of the stuff that, that goes on. Yeah. Every, everyone's got a great sense of humor and it kind of like plays off each other. And so, blast. so the girls team is new. So have you guys like incorporated them into this group chat or do you kind of keep that separate? <laughs> and then, and then you also have the guys and girls group chat as well. Um, there is a whole family group chat, okay. um, which is just the fam um that is separate from kind of the boys group chat i'm sure the oh i'm sure they got one too yeah i'm sure they do uh but we do have one that kind of comes together which is good we we all really got along it took a little while for the women to kind of um i don't want to say loosen up but they got put into a house with eight guys who love each other and oh man like you know that that chemistry was already there so i kind of felt bad for them it was it was a little loud at times, yeah, yeah. but I think that kind of helped like break the ice for this new team kind of coming together. And it looks like they're having a good time as well. Yeah, that's cool, man. So like, what's, what's like one race, like let's say, let's say tomorrow, everything gets lifted. Everything's back to normal. What's one race that you're looking forward to, to get back to with teammates? Ah, Boise. Boise. I, just love, I just love Boise. Boise. I love Boise. It was my first ride with Butcher Box. Okay. I I felt like I bro I had like an out of body experience my first time racing with Butcher Box there. Last year I had a great Boise as well. I don't know. I just like the atmosphere. The course suits me really well. It's just big and wide and fast and flat. And, that was a uh, wild race this year. We'll actually post I I'm gonna I'm gonna put Steve Cullen on blast. Like we'll post some uh some yeah, video Boise, footage of that. Boise was good. That was the first I think that was the first time that we actually got, you know, really assembled as a team. I think like Legion went to the front with, I don't know, 14 or 20 laps or something. And um, I think it was like the weekend before there was a SoCal race. And um, I just remember I was there racing solo and, you know, it was coming down to a field sprint Legion, like line their guys up. And I was like, I wonder what this is like. And I rode up next to them. And I was like, ah, this is, this is doable. And so afterwards I, I told the guys, I was like, we can do it. We can just go train to train if we really need to. And, you know, Legion assembled and we were like, let's just do this. And so it was really our first shot at going with like a proper train. And yeah. I felt like we, we held our own and the kind of the, the experience of doing that, um, I think really proved to all the guys, like, you know, we can do this. We're just as strong. We just, you know, got to practice and, and do it as much as we can. So started to come together like that a little more after that race also. For sure. And that's probably like a little bit of California in you. I mean, California crits are known for like the hargy bargy. So you guys, you know, Legion pretty well, probably yeah. at this point. And yeah. I mean, like I know Justin pretty well and I know that like he'll give you every opportunity to ride your race, but at the same time, he's going to ride his race. So like as much as videos show him pushing people into barriers and doing all that craziness, like 
he'll let you ride your bike race, but at the same time, like you guys are going to be bike racing. So that's, it's super yeah, cool to kind of see that effect. That's definitely what we found. We found as soon as we like establish ourselves as like, listen, we're just doing our train. You guys are doing your train. You know, sure. there was a lot less kind of like pushing and shouting. And I think just in the back of his train and Sam in the back of our train, just kind of like yelled at everyone, like just ride, give everyone their For space, sure. just ride. Um, you know, which is just kind of like, respecting the other team and like let's just let's drag race and see if we can do it so that was a great experience yeah awesome so i i gotta hear it you know because we've been putting steve cullen on blast but what's your craziest steve cullen story on the road craziest steve cullen story that's somewhat pg-13 i know that guy's crazy so somewhat pg-13 um let's see here steve uh well, me and steve kind of have a little tradition where he uh he always pins my number and part of that oh, process is pinning it through my skin oh, <laughs> yeah he savage. did it the first time by accident i didn't say anything and then i think there's just some blood coming through my skin suit um and he was kind of like we, we both kind of looked at each other was like this is probably going to be a thing now so did you not say anything because you were just like, oh, I don't want to like look weak or anything. Is that what you said? I didn't. Re- I didn't realize. Like you know, you kind of like feel the pinch, and then you're uh, just like, ah, you know. But it actually had like gone through and out the other side. Oh um, man. Yeah. So so that's kind of a thing that we have. It's a special bond that we have with Steve. But having Steve on the radio is just, it's like a blessing. It's it's the best. It's the best. I feel I feel like that would be like watching the NFL like coach talk to quarterback mockery. Like I think this year, if anything, if we can get Steve's voice recording and chat to you guys in the last I don't know, 10, 15 laps, I feel like that would be great content for everybody in the world. Yeah. Well, in that <laughs> uh, in that American crit too, you can yeah. kind of hear some of the radio chatter. You can hear some of the radio okay. chatter. And that guy does a great job of giving you like just enough facts. He kind of lets you know where everyone is at all times. There's times For where sure. it's desperation. I'm like, Steve, where were you standing on course? Cause you saw everything, everything, <laughs> everything. And there might be a time where like, I'm working the front and I'm like, all right, I gotta take a breath. And I go back and I hear right. the radio like, chef, where the fuck are you? I'm like, oh shit, I gotta get back up there. And it's just like, <laughs> provides like just enough fire and motivation and confidence and facts it's like this this like perfect combo that and he's like talking the entire race and it takes a lot of the decision making out because you just are just doing whatever he says and it's you know for someone like me where I prefer that um I love it and and I think it's really helped me tremendously in a lot of these races so I'm very thankful for to have that guy out in the year yeah the time. yeah right on like and I think I'm like one of those guys that kind of got started late, but you're definitely one of those guys that got started late. Yeah. And not only did you get started late, but I think if somebody told you to jump, you just pretty much asked how high and that's how you learn so quick. So kind of break us down of a few of the people that like you would kind of attribute that success to. Cause it's not easy riding the front. Like I, I had a few mentors trying to teach me how to ride the front while I was trying to race on the track and it, it wasn't simple. So no. How did you how did you figure that out and how did that click with you? Well, first, um, you know, it's the guys that I started training with out here for triathlon. Um, I kind of fell into this group called Breakaway Training. Um, my uh, my best friend Chris Berg was a pro triathlete at the time. 
Um, there was a, an Olympic rower named Luke Walton um, who had gotten pretty heavy in his triathlon. He was coaching with that group also. And then the guy that ran the group named Felipe Larrero. Um, three of like my best friends out here just kicked my ass week in and week out. And I'd show up to like, right you know, the Saturday group ride, like I just want to ride with my friends and I would just get dropped immediately and dropped yeah. immediately. And I just kept showing up and kept like pushing and working and like holding on a little more, holding on a little more. So number one is definitely those guys and that kind of whole crew. Um, Cause it was a, it was a real steep learning curve to kind of catch up to these people that have been doing it, you know, athletics at a super high level their whole life. Um, and then kind of once I made the transition into bike racing, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, Daniel Holloway was, um, you know, I was definitely very lucky to have someone like that in my corner that I could talk to before a race, talk to after a race, kind of debrief. Um, he makes, uh, he makes everything like way simpler when you break down like, Oh, this oh. happened, this happened. And then he's just like, well, why don't you just do a, B and C? And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's, I, trust me. I know, a, man. Yeah. Gosh, it's so much simpler, but he's seen it. Like that guy's done like thousands of races. He's seen like yeah. hundreds of thousands of corners and he's got like instant race recall. And he can just remember every road surface on every course that he's ever raced his whole life in both directions um so kind of like really listening to what he has to say i think helped a whole lot and then really trying hard not to say make the same mistake twice yeah um, and then on top of that just like putting in the work putting in the work is is huge you can have um you know you can have really good mentors and stuff like that but if you're not really willing to grind it out and put in the work and be prepared to like suffer and fail a couple times i don't think you're going to make any progress so no, yeah, that's that's a fact. Yeah, I mean, like, even me when riding with Roadhouse, like, I mean, Holloway, Hedgeberry, those guys, like, yeah, beating it into my brain. And that, like I said before, like, it just it didn't click with me right away. And so that's why I've been super impressed watching you race with Butcher Box and seeing that happen and that unfold. Because I mean, it seems like it's clicked and it seems like it's worked. I mean, yeah, and the, and the guys on the team, you know, I'm constantly asking for feedback. I'm constantly saying, you know what can I do better? What should I do here? Like For what's sure. going on here? What are you thinking here? What were you thinking here? Um, you know, that's all I want to do is improve and be able to ride for the boys um, to the best of my ability. And I think they all recognize that and understand that and have been awesome in kind of supporting me and, and like knowing that I'm here to kind of grow and learn and support um, awesome. to the best I can. Yeah. Everyone's been so awesome. So yeah yeah it's, it's been it's been super cool to watch you grow and i mean like for people saying age is a thing like i think <laughs> you, you've made it like i mean you've grown like like you've literally every year you've gotten better so i know we we talked about like one of your favorite races was boise but like what was a goal for you like because i know I, I i could see you being a selfless dude at the same time and being like yeah i'd ride for i'd ride for sam or i'd yeah. ride for connor at Boise yeah. but like what was a goal for you like what was a winning race for you that you were like I'm gonna go to this race and I'm gonna win it I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my all and I'm gonna win it like what was that race for you this year um man I don't really have that attitude kind of going into races I think I know yeah. where my I think I know where my strengths lie yeah. um and if I can go in and like execute on the game plan 
and do my job 100%, then that, to me, that's a win. Um, you know, I feel like just as stoked for Connor, if, you know, he's able to, to win that I do probably, you know, for any of the guys on the team or, or myself, as long as I was there, you know, going in, executing the plan and, and kind of doing it as best I could. So sure. everyone on the team has really good defined roles. Um, and I think when everyone really takes that seriously and executes, you know, that, that's a, that's a win for me. So who lays out those roles? Like, cause I, I, you know, I know Steve Cohen just from, from past and racing him in the two threes, you know, when we were coming yeah. up to the sport and like, he was pretty much like, it was like one day he was racing and the next day he was like race director aficionado. So like, <laughs> Does does Steve have any help from the racers or like like you guys as a group? Like, who would you call the team captain on Butcher Box right now? Uh, I would say Connor. I always Connor? turn to Connor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the guy is a straight shooter. Definitely yeah, tells yeah. it like tells tells it like it is. Um, you know, I I really love the guy. Um, I think it kind of depends on which side of his team you were on yeah, yeah you know maybe if you raced against him you might not like him but if you're on team with him you know you probably have a different perspective well uh, i mean i mean he's he's out there racing bikes i mean not everybody's yeah. gonna like him right i mean yeah we've, we've had some bumping and grinding and, and some bike racing and and at the end of the race we just kind of let it go um i mean yeah i mean you could say that be. i'm sure you could say that about a lot of people in the peloton oh yeah so. for sure for sure i mean it's it's a bike race like we're out there to win we're out there to see our team win. And so the moment anybody affects that, you're going to be hostile. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. Yeah. There's a lot of, ah, oh, fuck guy, you know? And yeah, yeah, for sure. So, And then the next thing you know, your teammates with them like the next year. Like, I think that's always the funny thing to me is like when I've seen guys be like, oh, I hate that guy. And then the next thing you know, they're yeah. teammates with them. And then they're best friends and they kind of work it out and they, they understand that it's just bike racing. Yeah, mo most of the people you think are total assholes, you just need to get a drink with and kind of yeah. like, you know, hang out with them and just see them kind of outside of the race and you'll have a different perspective. Um, yeah. But then again, there are some people who are just total pricks, so. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. So now that all being said, so like, what are you doing in this time? Because like, I think everybody's kind of handling it differently and people are doing Zwift. I'm not doing Zwift. I, I love Zwift. I think it's a great platform, but when it comes to bike racing on Zwift, uh, it's not going to work for me. Um, I don't know about you, but, uh, um, but yeah. So what are you doing to kind of just like keep motivated, keep fit and kind of keep going on? Yeah. Well, I held off the Zwift thing for a very long time. Yeah. A very long time. I, cause I live in Southern California. So why would I ever need to ride the trainer? That is a perfect point. Yeah. Right. However, um, you know, two of my friends, you know, I, I was, doing a ride a couple weekends ago uh, my girlfriend Laurel was out here and we were riding back and I was like oh let's go say hi to Courtney and Jamie and we rolled up and they had told me that they were riding indoors exclusively and I was like oh, you guys are crazy but then they they kind of put into perspective is like the last thing you want to do is you know wash out or crash or get hit by a car and end up in the hospital and you know I was like oh, shit okay and then like Spain went on total lockdown yeah. So I thought, okay, let me just order a smart trainer just in case we go total, total lockdown. Um, and then there was like a really rainy week when it came and I was like, oh, let me try this Swift thing. 
and I love it way more than I thought I was going to. Oh, I'm almost really? embarrassed by how much I like it. It is hard. It's awful. It's brutal. Um, I it's feel okay. like this is going to go out to millions of people. They're all going to hear that Adam loves Swift and you all yeah. make fun of him. On yeah. Day. Yeah. I, I think I love <laughs> it because it's like a total ass kicking. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're guaranteed to get your ass kicked, whether you do it to yourself or someone else does to you. And whether or not that someone else is honest about their height and weight or, you know, if they're power meters calibrator, it doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. um, I kind of view it like CrossFit. There's some people who that's their sport, like Swift is their sport. And there's some people who do it because it's kind of training for something else. And that's how I view yeah. it. I view it as like, it's training for something else. It's not, it's not really crit racing because there's, yeah. you're never like off the pedals. There's no cornering. There's no tactics. There's no, I mean, there's a little bit of tactics, but um, for the most part, it's just who can put out the most power. Um, but, but it, it's really, the lightest. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whoever's the lightest. So yeah, for some reason, like all the jockeys seem to have found their way onto Zwift from all over the world. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. It is wild to think about. It's like you see these names of like the number one Zwift rider in the world, and you're like, "Who is this guy?" And then you yeah. see somebody post a status, it's like, "Oh, that guy can't even break into the Cat Threes," and it's like, "Oh man, well, I mean, yeah. everybody has their own niche, you know." Yeah. So like, it's you just kind of it's, it. it's it's almost just like a different sport. Like if I hopped onto a BMX track, I get totally toasted. I probably wouldn't even make it out alive at this point. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of like a different, yeah, you're, yeah, you're pedaling on a bicycle, but it's just, it's just a different format at this point. And so that's yeah. been fun trying to kind of figure it out and um, getting some good workouts in on there and just trying to keep that kind of randomized intensity up because that's hard to replicate on your own. For sure. For sure. So we're about to get wrapped up here and, uh, and just kind of close out. I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, but yeah, just just one more one more thing. Um, if like if there's anything that you would recommend to somebody that's starting late or like, cause like I mean, bikes are flying off the shelves. Like, yeah, what's your re recommendation to somebody that's buying a road bike and that's wanting to get into racing but really doesn't know where to start? You know? Yeah. Um, reach out. Contact me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was like I said, I was super grateful that I kind of had these people that I could kind of turn to one to really kind of help boost my fitness, um, two to kind of like provide some sort of guidance on the race course. Um, but a, a lot of it is just going out there, working hard, asking questions, kind of not being afraid to, to kind of try and even just racing on your own. I raced my first two and a half seasons just kind of solo as this person that was just like i'm just showing up i don't have a team i'm i'll just figure it out sure. um so it's a lot of it's just like not being afraid to fail and, and pinning on a number and going and learning and and then just trying to not make the same mistake twice it's pretty big no that's awesome i mean i think you've been like super humble during this entire conversation because like i would have loved to have dived into more but that just gives us a reason to have another <laughs> chat um, anytime because, yeah because i feel like i feel like honestly man you have you have a pretty cool story it's not like you lost like a gajillion pounds or you know you you rode with one leg or anything super crazy but i mean you have a cool story where you pretty much like 
never gave up. Like you just never gave up when people told you, yeah, it's probably not going to work out or yeah, nah, you just never gave up. And now you're riding for like one of the better crit teams in the country right now. And I think, yeah. I think that's super cool. But anyways, thanks so much, Adam, for joining. Uh, dude, no uh, problem. Joining thanks me for having coffee. me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually not drinking coffee. I'm drinking some uh, moral kombucha. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to throw that, that out. Moral kombucha. I'm not drinking coffee either. I'm just having a beer because it's okay. super late. <laughs> um, but thanks for joining for the chat, man. And hopefully we can get you back on and you can bring me some moral kombucha because I know that stuff is good. And I, I heard that they're actually making an alcoholic adult beverage version. They are. They are. And it's very yeah. tasty. It's very yeah, yeah. tasty. So, so we got to make sure that we try that. Um, okay. But yeah, thanks so much. Um, appreciate it. We'll see you guys next time. Thank <laughs> you.